This is the Insurance Buzz, and we are your host, Michael and Courtney Weaver. We coach insurance professionals, business owners, and people just like you every day on how to live a life and have a business you are excited about. Here on the Insurance Buzz, we share the wins, the losses, and everything in between that comes with being married business partners, training in the insurance space, and growing our business side by side. We also connect with other business owners and leaders making their mark in the world and hopefully inspire you to make yours. We have a highlight episode for you today. These are highlights and golden nuggets from our most downloaded episodes of the year. Today's topic is all about sales. With that being said, let's start the show. Something big was changing my mindset from I'm in sales. I sell things all day. You know, that can kind of seem boring, um, but it also doesn't feel fulfilling. So when I took my job title of sales and I turned it into I'm a risk advisor, I am talking to people that are, you know, managing every day their home, auto, life insurance, health insurance, et cetera, all of their insurances. And that's something that I am knowledgeable about. Um, And so uh, essentially putting in that confidence that I know what I'm doing and I'm here to advise my clients and I'm not just selling you a product. You know, I'm talking to you about what you need and what you deserve to have. Okay. So I have to, I'm I'm the how to. All right. And so Mm -hmm. I have, so, you go from 44 life apps to 104 in a single year. So I got to ask, like, what do your days look like? What do your weeks look like? Now you're managing a team and you're still, because I because I keep up with you, like you're part of Weaver Sales. So I see your production every single week, every single month, like you're crushing it. Like, so how are you, number one, what would you say you did differently in 2022 to more than double your your production and your goals? I'd say time management plays a huge role into that. Um, So, you know, before I was just letting my days go on, you know, trying to reach a certain amount of calls outbound. I wasn't aiming for conversations or pivots that I'm making. It was just, let me just reach this number and I'll be done. Um, And so really tracking those goals. So, you know, let's say that I want to reach 75 calls today. Well, that's great. Out of those calls, how many people do I want to talk to? Let's say that I reach 50% of them. You know, I get to talk with them on the phone or they respond back to a text or email. You know, how am I going to turn that point of contact into a sale? Um, And so after I went down tracking, okay, so I want to talk to 50% of those clients. Out of those clients, you know, how many am I going to have that in-depth conversation with? So that way, you know, I can deem, is this the best client that our agency wants? You know, is this client really going to fit with me and us? Um, And so then writing down, okay, now I'm going to make a dedicated 25 calls of just life insurance. Out of those, how many am I going to talk to? How many am I going to quote and how many am I going to bind? You know, out of 25, I'll probably get in contact with 10. Out of those 10, I'm going to provide quotes. So let's say eight out of that eight, I'm going to try to close two. Um, So I really try to go for a 25% and working my way up to a 33% closing ratio. All right. So let's role play some asking for the sale, what it, what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So two different variations here. So the one is like I just said. So, hey, Courtney, for everything we talked about today, it's going to be $250 a month. Do you want to put that on your Visa, MasterCard, or American Express? Okay. 
Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. So that is super direct. It's super simple because you're telling the customer exactly what you need to get this going. Like, and if it, and look, if you're a company that's routing an account number, hey, for everything we talked about today, it's $250 a month. Do you have your routing account number or debit card available? Like, it's the same. Like, just got you just have to make sure that you put your payment information. But telling the most importantly, what you should get from here is being direct and clear in communication. What do you need to get this going today? Because at the end of the day, you don't actually help the customer until they sign on the dotted line. Now, I know you can't control the yes or the no, but you don't actually help them. You can have a great conversation with somebody. You can build rapport. You can find these commonalities. You can build the no-like trust. You can educate them on how bad of their current policy is and what you're doing for them and why it's so much better. And But if you don't actually help them, if you don't actually get payment information to help them change their situation, you haven't actually helped them. And that's why asking for payment information or asking for the sell is so critical. Because if you get to the end of a conversation, and I'll get back to another role play here in a second to give a different variation, but if you get to the end of a conversation and say, so this is what you don't want to do, all right? You get to the end of a conversation, and hey, Courtney, for everything we talked about today, it's going to be $250 a month. How are you responding as a consumer? Like, let's role play this. Okay. Hey, Courtney, for everything we talked about today, it's going to be $250 a month. Okay. Um, can you email that to me? All right. Let's check. Let's probably again. Hey, Courtney, for everything we talked about today, it's going to be $250 a month. Do you have any questions? Um, well, I need to talk to my husband. Hey, Courtney, for $250 <laughs> a month, what are you thinking? Um, it, it's a lot to digest. I need to think about it. So these are all what not to do. <laughs> all right. Do not do that. Well, and it's interesting even hearing you like rapid fire those to me. I know what to do at being in the insurance space and being a consumer. And I'm still like, you didn't ask. So I'm still kind of You have like, no idea. Yeah. I'm like, I don't. I, I don't know what to say here. Yeah. Hey, Courtney, for everything we talked about today is $250 a month. You want to put that on your Visa, MasterCard or American Express? American Express. <laughs> I <think> my points. <laughs> but see? Yeah. Like, so there's there, clear direction. So there is, look, you're asking for payment information. So there's only two options here. They're either giving you payment information or they're giving you an objection. Yeah. Like, let's take the guesswork out of this. Let's, let's take the, let's, like, they're either signing up and you're helping them or they're going to say, I need to talk to my spouse. Can you email it? I need to think about it. I need to go check with my other agent. I'm getting other quotes. Okay. Like, those are typically the, that's more than I was hoping for. All right, well, go cool. cool. It could be more. You put it on your Visa, MasterCard, American <laughs> Express. <laughs> like, you yeah. know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. And the other thing is, is the close is logical. All right, before we get into that, I could go off. I could go on a <laughs> tangent it. here. So let's, well, let's, let's role play another one real fast. So um, I like that. I like being direct in communication. This is what you need. Another variation of this that you could use is, hey, Courtney, for everything we talked about today, it's going to be $250 a month. What day of the month do you typically like to pay for your insurance? 15th. Perfect. What we can do is get everything going today. And then every month after this month on the 15th, your payment will automatically pull out. Do you want to put that on your Visa, MasterCard or American Express? Mm. American Express again. Let's I go. Like this. All right. So we just got two yeses. This is great. You're making me feel good about myself. Um <laughs> 
All right. So the other thing I want to reiterate here is, number one, be super clear in your communication. Make it simple. It's like the old analogy, K-I-S-S. Keep it super simple. All right. The more simple you can make it on the customer, the more likely you are to get the sale. You don't want to cause any confusion. You get payment information. Don't don't tell them what the process of closing looks like. Like you get payment information, then what does what does it look mm-hmm. like? All right. So don't confuse. Go straight for payment information. Be very clear. And then be ready to overcome some objections. All right. People aren't asking for business. We open up our businesses, we put a sign on the door. We have a phone number, we have an email, but my first job description I gave myself was to make my phone ring. Nobody knew what I did, you know? And so you have to, you got to get out there and tell people what you do and ask for people's business. So that's what I did. And so I love this. How do you ask for business? Cause you've put the reps in. And I think that that's a really, if you're getting new even if you're not new into networking, that can be uncomfortable of like, when do I pitch? How do I ask? How do I not seem too eager? Like, what is that? How many coffee dates do I have to actually have before I start pitching? So I'm curious to what your take is on that. Yeah. Great question. Um, So let's see early in my career when I was going to these, you know, chamber events and everybody's milling around and people are passing out their cards. Like I got to give out a hundred business cards or whatever. I learned that that didn't work. Like no one's going to call me for insurance off of a business card. So what I learned was engage in one-on-one conversations. I set goals. Every time I went into an appointment, uh, a meeting like this, I'd set goals. I'm like, I'm not going to leave this meeting until I have five people that have agreed to a quote from me. And that was important to give me some measurable metrics to follow. Okay. So I'm not going to leave here until I have five people who said, yes, Matt, give me a quote. So how do you do that? I'd engage in one-on-one conversations that I'd make it all about them. What do you do? How long have you been doing it? What, um, uh, what have you done that's helped you build your business? So I'd, I would make the, the entire conversation about them is ask questions, ask questions, ask questions. The one thing that I would ask if I was being, I guess, quote unquote, aggressive, if I really, if early in my career and I wanted to get a quote from someone, I would say, hey, who's your insurance agent? Who's your current agent? Depending on how they responded would dictate my next question. So if they said, it's my brother, he's my agent. I know I'm not going to get this guy's business, you know? So you finish your conversation, you gracefully exit and you go to the next one. If they go, you know what? I don't know who my agent is. It was my dad's agent. You know, like I'm just with them. I'm like, cool. Do you know who they are? No. Do you know what your coverages are like? No. Would you, is there any reason I couldn't give you a proposal and see if I could help you out. And I like it phrased that way. Is there any reason I can't give you a proposal? It's a little different than can I give you a quote? Because that's a tougher question to say no to. You know, no, there's no reason you can't give me a quote. Okay, and if they say yes, then you trade information and you chase them. You start chasing them. You know, and then if they say if they're with an online provider like Geico or Progressive, then you can go and say, you know what, I'm local. I'm right down the street from you. There are benefits to that. Here are the benefits to that. Is there any reason I can't give you a proposal? You have 10 of these conversations. You're going to walk out of there with three or four quotes. So that's how I learned to do it in the beginning. Later, I crafted a way of doing it a little bit differently. When I talk about them and ask them all the questions about them, I would follow up with, hey, when I started building my network, I'd say, hey, who do you need to meet that would benefit your business? 
And everyone has someone they want to meet. You know, well, I need an accountant. I need a lawyer. I need someone to help me with my website. I need someone with marketing. I need a new logo. You know, fill in the blank. After a period of time and doing a lot of marketing this way, I started to build up my virtual Rolodex of experts in town. I'd say, you know who you do need to meet? You need help with marketing? You got to talk with this guy, Toby. He's amazing. And then I would connect him with Toby. Now I'm doing two people a favor. I'm doing him a favor and I'm doing Toby a favor. And I make that connection. Now I would do it through a three-way text and I hand it off. And I know Toby is going to follow up with this person. So now I'm doing two people a favor. It's the whole giver's gain philosophy, right? So mm-hmm. if you give somebody something of value, yep. there's a human response to want to give something back to me. Well, what can I do for you, Matt? Mm-hmm. Would you let me look at your insurance? And so that's kind of how, that's the evolution of the way that I learned how to have those conversations. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Insurance Buzz. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and leave a rating and review. If you want to take your insurance agency to the next level and join our community, simply check out Weaver Sales Academy at www.weaversa.com. Again, that's www.weaversa.com or visit the show notes on our new and current programs we have available exclusively for you. As always, time is the most valuable and important asset that we all have, and I appreciate you spending it with me. See you on the next episode.